0: This is the Ministry Marcom Podcast, Episode 4. In this episode, I talk with Jesse Lane, the founder of Branches Mission Lab and Goodmaker U. Here's a little bit about Jesse. Jesse and his team helps gospel-centered nonprofits grow their reach with next-level marketing, creative communications, and innovative fundraising. Jesse and his high school sweetheart, Stephanie, have been married for 12 years and have three daughters and live in northwest Arkansas. Before my conversation with Jesse, consider this. Every day when you check your phone, shop Amazon, get recommendations on Spotify, or watch Netflix, your experience is enhance through website personalization. We've come to expect personalized experiences from all digital outlets, and that includes ministries. Did you know ministries like Core Christianity saw a more than 1,300% increase in monthly email subscribers by leveraging website personalization? That's why I want to share with you today about the 7-Day Website Personalization Challenge. It takes less than 20 minutes per day and will unlock the power of personalization for your ministry. As a bonus, we have partnered with Journity to give you 60 days of free use of a pro Journity account so you can see the value for yourself completely risk-free. To sign up, go to ministrybarcomcom slash 7-Day Challenge. That's ministrymarcom.com slash the number 7 day challenge and get started today. Now in my conversation with Jesse, we go into depth about a possible misconnection you might be having with your ministry partners. Jesse unpacks some super helpful tips and practices that you can do to better engage your partners today. Jesse, thanks for being on the podcast. It's uh, really great to have you. We've known each other for a few years and your experience with organizations and mission groups has really uniquely positioned you, you know, do what you're doing today. So, to start out, tell us a bit about Branches Mission Lab.
1: Thanks, Doug. I'm excited to be here. It's fun to connect with you and, yeah, share a few thoughts today. Uh, Branches Mission Lab, that's uh, the company I founded actually a long time ago, but it was just kind of a side hustle for a while. And then for the last couple of years it's been my full-time thing and uh, so we're all about helping the helpers uh, we're, we like to partner with nonprofit ministries gospel-centered organizations and just help them grow and do more good and impact more people we kind of specialize in the digital marketing and fundraising space uh, that just allows uh, organizations to grow their reach uh, and ultimately with that grow their their funds and their impact so that's kind of Our bread and butter, and what we like to to do, and it's awesome. Just love it so much because we get to work with incredible, amazing people. We call them good makers. That's kind of our name for uh, people out there making good in Jesus' name. So yeah, we love working with good makers like yourself and other nonprofit leaders out there.
0: That's great. You know, one thing in just all the work that you're doing, I'd love to kind of hone in and target in on the the work you're doing with these organizations that you're seeing really around email why is it important for a nonprofit ministry to be doing email we focus on getting
1: results for our clients and getting rapid results you know that's one of the things we really want to do for every organization we work with and you know i just find that email is one of the best ways to actually get those results but I'll say this: it's 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 not sexy, you know. It's no TikTok or you know AI or augmented reality. You know, people don't like talking about email. Um, in fact, you know, Doug, do not name this podcast anything about email marketing because uh, people won't listen to it. It's just like people—they're not attracted to the idea of it, and so it's so underrated. Like, and that's why I was excited to share about that today because nonprofits need to be investing more time um and probably a little more resources into into the email strategy uh, and and there's three main reasons why i believe it's really important and we can unpack these but the three main things are are people are hanging out in their inboxes and we need to go to where they're at they they just are uh, number two they they you own your your email relationships uh, and number three email just has a way of driving action And that's obviously the end goal, right? And so those are the three things. And I can talk about each one of those if you want.
0: Yeah, so unpack that a little bit more. Yeah, Yeah,
1: so the first one I talked about was just people are in their inboxes. And so um, the inbox is still one of the very first things people check when they roll out of bed in the morning on their phone, right? And probably one of the last things they check at night, and so people are just spending a lot of time in their inboxes. So even though we say that email is email dead, and email is kind of the old way of communications, and it's true that there's a lot more, and your email should just be one piece of your strategy, right? It should all work together. Your social media, your search, your website, your email, all of it should work together. But uh, what I find is, <clears throat> what I find is email is often neglected but yet people are still spending a lot of time in their inboxes. Um, And so that's, that's the first reason why we can't neglect email and we can't um, move on. Even though I'll say this, it's, it's very true that, and I'm like this too. I hear this all the time from people is they say, I don't want to spam people. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be one of the million emails they get today. You know, so annoying. I get so many emails and like, I get it. I, I I understand that you feel that way. I kind of feel that way too, but you can't argue with the the results that email brings and the data that's out there. You know, study after study is showing that email gets the best ROI among most of the channels out there. And so, uh, because you know, once you've invested yeah. and you grow your list and you're working it, doing the right things, you can get really good return on that investment and good results from it. Um, and that's very true for nonprofits and, and for fundraisers. Um, so that, so that's kind of number one. Number two is you own those contacts. So, I mean um, you know, this is compared to on Facebook or, you know, Twitter or wherever else you don't actually own those relationships. Like if they, those Social network shut down, you just lost all that work you've put into it, all the, mm-hmm. the audience you've built up. Or, you know, if they one day, as they do often, decide Facebook to make it a little more, more difficult to reach your audience or a little bit more expensive because they want to boost ad dollars, um, which uh, we've all seen that happen over the last decade, um, time and time again, then, you know, you're not affected by that if you're also have your email platform and you're not fully dependent on the social networks. And I'd like to listen, I'm a fan of social media marketing and advertising. And I I talk a lot about that too, but I see nonprofit spending way too much on that and not enough on email. And so that's why I kind of pit them against each other because especially small nonprofits, I feel like they, you know, they've only got a few people on their team and not a lot of resources. They're out there. Just, they work so hard to get social media content out there. Mm -hmm. They see very little results. And they get frustrated but they just think they have to do it, you know, and and it, you know, for one, they probably just need to keep keep at it and kind of get a more sophisticated strategy. Um, but they neglect email altogether. You know, they're like, oh yeah, we don't have an email list or we only send an email every, you know, three to four months when we have a big, you know, announcement or something. And i just, you know, that's that's not enough. You know, there's mm-hmm. so much more they could get from email. So um, so they own, you own those contacts and then three, coming back to those three things. Number three, um, like I said earlier, email just has a way of driving action. I've worked you know, with hundreds of nonprofits over the last decade and I've found that social media, it's great for awareness building, it's great for engagement and affinity with your brand, um, but I, it's hard to get people who are surfing on Instagram or Facebook to go donate right then and there, or to go take a big action. Mm-hmm. I think you're just in a different headspace when you're on social media. Um, yeah. In email, I feel like people are in more business mode or taking action. And so they, um, it just seems to be a place where people are ready to, to actually take that next step more readily than social media and I think it's because you get to provide like a more personalized communication, right? Like you can make it, even if it's not, you can make it feel like it's a one-on-one conversation with someone by mm-hmm. using their name and customizing the content. In social media, you, can't just, you just can't do that at, at the masses. And then you can build trust over time and that relationship over email. And then eventually, you know, nurture that into someone taking action through a click on on an email. So I just, I mean, and again, the data has, has shown that there's, there's great ROI and I've seen that personally too. So those are the reasons I feel like nonprofits need to stop ignoring email and, uh, and focus on it a
0: little more. Those are great points. Just from my experience in when we send out emails, the response is tremendous because you get these sends and they've already given permission to receive something from you on social you send something out with the facebook algorithm you don't know how many people are going to see it organically so you got to put a lot of paid in it as you said like email is your owned media i totally agree it's like organizations really need to utilize their owned media as much as possible so when an organization or ministry sends out an email I think maybe their question would be like, how do we improve open rates? How do we improve click rates? What have you seen is kind of some good direction to give an organization around that? So I'll
1: break those down individually, open rates and click rates. But um, but first, I'm going to encourage people to go to, uh, we have a, a resource that's uh, kind of our secret weapon, best email ever that you can download mm for free on our website. So if you want to go check that out, it, it'll walk through a lot of what I'm saying now um, in a little more detail than we have time for, but it's just a brancheslab.com lab.com slash best email. Mm. And um, it, with that, you can go and kind of see us break this down. But so let's talk about open rates first. Yep. Um, um, and so in this secret weapon email that you'll find about, find out about it, that download, you'll hear a lot of this, but, um, but it's kind of this, specific way of sending an email that I've found gets really good results. And, um, the number one, most important thing to know about it is just in general, be personal, like be, be like a person, (laughs) you know, be, um, not like a corporation, not like an organization, you know, be human. And, um, and everything you do, if you put that lens, uh, you know, across it, like I'm going to be more personal here, it's gonna, it's gonna be, uh, more readily received people are going to respond better. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about open rates. Um, you need to uh, think about all the factors in open rates. And so the, the ones people most often talk about are the subject lines and the from lines, and then, you know, making sure your list is clean so that it's not going to spam, right? So your emails aren't going to spam. Um, so hygiene and your list is important. But one thing that's often neglected is, and I think one of the most important things to having good open rates is your first impression in, your, in their inbox. And mm-hmm. so let me unpack that a little bit. So if someone subscribes mm-hmm. to your email or they donate and they're getting on your email list automatically or something for the first time, um, their very first impression with you, which is their first email or, or the first two or three emails from you, is probably go- going to set habits for them and set patterns for them. So if they open those first few emails, hopefully they will, and they're actually more likely to do that um, than they are later on, uh, sadly. But if they open those first few emails, what's the experience like? Is it one that's rewarding? Is it is it delightful? Is it is it exciting? Is it valuable for them? If it is, then they're, they're going to start to be trained to, oh, when I get an email from X organization, I'm going to open it because I, got, I had a good experience mm-hmm. last time. We're training them on that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the best way to make sure the first impression is good is to have an automated series set up for any moment when someone enters your email list. That's, um, that's not only automated, but it's, it's um, personalized, you know, it's got their name, their information in there. It's, it's relevant to whatever moment in the journey they're in, you know, Uh, if they just joined your email list, it might be difficult would be different than if they just donated uh, or if they just volunteered or you know whatever that is in the journey so that's a, a really important way to set a first impression so i recommend like multiple emails in a series and so you could stretch that over several weeks or even months spreading that out because then it feels like they're hearing from you regularly but you really set that up a long time ago and it's automated and you're not even doing anything anymore but people are getting great emails from you all along that welcome series that's really good. Yeah. What
0: about subject lines for emails?
1: Oftentimes, you're going to see an organization send an email from the, the name of the nonprofit. And to me, it's not that it's wrong to do that, but I would encourage you to mix in actual people, people's names from your organization, whether that be your CEO or the person that's sending from your marketing team or your development director, whoever that makes sense for you Mm -hmm. seeing it from an individual's name instead of the organization name makes it feel more personal and it's likely to get more opens or maybe different opens. Like maybe different people will open that because they were intrigued, uh, thought maybe, hey, I haven't heard from this person or who is this person? I want to, you know, (laughs) if they don't recognize the name. Uh, So I would say mix it up. Like it's, um, it's great to send from people and and you could even send from multiple people over time. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I would again, test everything, like everything you should test and see how your audience responds. But, but that's a good thing to experiment with is who it's from. And so I recommend possibly like a name, and then plus the organization name, if you want them to have that recognition kind of depends or just the organization name occasionally. But really my, my favorite strategy is mixing those up so mm-hmm. that people, they, that way they also, you can send more emails because they don't feel like they're hearing from the same person every time. That's actually, they might get two or three a week from your organization, but it's actually one is from, you know, Doug, one is from Jesse and one is from, you know, XYZ organization. And it actually feels like less to them because they're seeing something different each time. And maybe they're styled a little differently. The voice is a little different Mm. as well. Um, And then the subject lines are really important. And this is like, this is one of those things I feel like most people, most emails I get are just, just subject lines are horrible. And (laughs) so this is one of my pet peeves. I'm like, um, what I feel like most uh, people do is they they look at the email they're going to send, they write the email they're going to send, and then they summarize it. In the subject line, and that's literally the worst thing you can do, because you're basically saying you don't even need to open this. I'm telling you everything in the subject line. You know, <laughs> here's a summarized <laughs> version, you know? and it's like, don't open this. This is a, uh, yeah. and, and you're like, that's the worst thing you could possibly do. And then, or they, um, or they make it so formal and corporate sounding the subject line that it's like, you, it kind of feels not like spam, but it feels like, um, you know, this was clearly sent to thousands of people, right? Oh yeah. And there's not, it's like a big flag. That's like mass email, mass email, you know, <laughs> this yeah. long subject line, it was, you know, very formal right now. So if you scroll through your inbox and I challenge you, if you're listening to this podcast to, to look at your inbox real quick, well actually don't, you'll get distracted. So do this later. But um, if you scroll through your inbox and just look at the <laughs> subject lines, the ones that are from organizations are typically long and like formal. And the ones from people you actually know that were sent to just you are going to be short. Like they're almost always short, right? They're two mm. words, three words maybe. Um, so I encourage people to send from the organization, really short subject lines, like one word, two words, um, and make it intriguing, make it um, short so that people, and 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 personalize and, and make it feel like, Oh, I'm I'm interested and curious about what this email. You've got my attention, um, so I'm going to open this to see what you're talking about here. And uh, I love real simple, personalized subject lines like today, or um, or you know, did you see this? You know, or something like that. And you're mm-hmm. like, see what? Mm-hmm. I'm going to click. I'm going to open that and see what you're talking about. Um, you know, or, or super simple, same type of subject lines I might send when, if I was emailing you, Doug, you know, something like checking in or, um, you know, thought of you or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, and because that makes me think, Oh, what, you know, is this from an one person, an individual, I'm going to open it and see. And like, I'm curious about what the email is going to say at that point. So those are some tips on subject lines. Um, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of improve, improvement there in that space
0: for nonprofits. Those are great tips. You guys just as a company practice these email tips very well. Just the, even the emails that you send out to those who are on your list, which I get them and open and read every one of them because they're very personal and they're very informative and they don't seem more like you're not speaking to people at a... High level, it's more down to earth. And those are really great tips as far as like helping to resonate your message to people on a personal level. Kind of like as we wrap up talking about email here, like are there any other things that come to mind that would be good for organizations to consider in their email marketing? Well, when it comes to email, I would
1: say just a couple of other quick thoughts is if you're currently only sending one email every quarter or even every month, I would encourage you to send more and try some new things, test some new strategies out and really devote some attention to growing your email list. If you don't have much of an email list and, and look, look at your database, look where, where maybe you do have access to emails and you have permission from people who have, who have done business with you or donated or volunteered and you can email them, but you're not. Uh, so that's a low hanging fruit right there. And so, um, I would say start ramping those up, especially around big campaigns or pushes, but, but even when you're not in a campaign or push, you've got to get it in a consistent routine of communicating when you're not asking for something. And so that's the thing, bring value to the inbox, right? So think about your audience. What do they need? Why, what can you bring that makes their life better, uh, resources, education, you know, uh, free, whatever, you know, things that, um, that help them, you know, fulfill their goals in life and, and make their life better. Not just always asking for them to do something right. Like you have to earn your right to make that ask, I think. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I mean, you don't have to, because people are so generous, they'll give to you, but I would say if you're earning their attention by giving value in the inbox every week, for instance, or every other week, then, when the time comes for a fundraising campaign, maybe your end of year campaign, you send those emails you've you've earned those opens those clicks that they've they're, they're paying attention to you now because you've been giving them really great content stories and um, and information throughout the year and so now um, now they're ready to say okay now you're act- youre you're asking and you haven't been i'm going to actually respond you know." If every email is an ask, you know, then they're going to probably stop opening your emails, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe that's already happened with you and you have to kind of like come out and and do something different. Um, So I would say that, and then I would encourage nonprofits to to keep their emails focused. If all you're doing is sending like a a newsletter that has 50 (laughs) links or, or even just like five or 10 boxes and all the different things, and here's all the news. You know, um, I think it's overwhelming for people in the inbox to see that much information um, and, and it's kind of a scattered thing. It's like um, it's hard to know what to even respond to or where to click. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage shifting toward a more focused email approach where you're focusing each email on, on one call to action, uh, one kind of theme at least. One message. And so uh, a letter format is great. And, you know, giving maybe it's multiple links, but they're all going to the same place, right? They're all going to that same landing page or that same call to action. And so, uh, so focused really goes a long ways. And and then, like I said earlier, just test everything, um, try different things, A-B test it, see what works, learn as you go. Uh, make sure you're doing those automations we talked about. So yeah, I mean, those are a few things. Uh, email email is, is not sexy. It's not fun. But if you really do dedicate the time to, to growing your list and, and experimenting and sending uh, really helpful, relevant emails on a consistent basis, I think you'll see the results. And so I just want to encourage organizations to give it a try. Wow.
0: That's fantastic. These are really good tips to follow for your organizations and, um, in your ministry as you are working day in and day out with different ministries and nonprofits right now, like what is one thing that's really exciting you the most about something that you're working on?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking that. There's a lot I'm excited about, but, um, um, I'll, I'll say one thing is it's really relevant. We're soft launching something new from our company. It's called the Good Maker Growth Program. And so what it is, is we've kind of realized that nonprofits want, they want fast results. They want to, to learn and grow, but they also know that a lot of them know that they need help and, and expert help. And so we've kind of taken a lot of what we've been doing and packaged it up in a new way in this Good Maker Growth Program. And so it's a 60 day kind of intensive coaching program that where we build an action plan for a nonprofit and then walk them through these 60 days uh, with weekly group coaching calls where they're actually in a cohort with other nonprofit leaders and they're growing and learning together during the 60 days. So they're, so they're learning these, they're kind of becoming experts in digital marketing and fundraising and, but they're also implementing some of the strategies, these 60 days. And then we kind of launch them out after those 60 days Um, so this the coaching comes to an end but we give them unlimited access to our vault of content which we have like 10 hours plus of video content and things that we give them access to and so I'm super excited about that because um, I love seeing not just the coaching and the results that comes from that but also the the community aspect seeing nonprofits connect with one another Um, I'm really excited about the the collaboration that could come from that just as sparks start flying and and that, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped about that and excited to see the impact that will come um, as nonprofits work together, as they get focused and, and see and kind of like get their head down and, and learn and implement some of these strategies. So, yeah, that's probably what I'm most excited about.
0: Wow, that's great. So if an organization wants to learn more about branches, about this growth program, how can they find you on the web and on social so
1: our Instagram handle is just at branches lab and DM us, you know, we'd love personal relationships. So you can follow us, but you know, shoot us a message, say, Hey, heard you on the podcast. Uh, we'd love to connect. That'd be great. We'd love to hear from you. Um, you can also just email me. I'd be happy to hear from anybody that listens to this. My email address is just Jesse at branches or of course go to our website, which is just uh, branches lab.com. And yeah, we'd love to connect with you personally, get to know your story and, tell you more about the program or just connect and, on a quick phone call and, and see if we can help in any way. We'd love to, we'd love to do that. I mean, that's why we exist is to help nonprofits and ministry leaders grow. And, and so we'll, we'll happy to jump on a free phone call and just talk shop with
0: anybody that wants to do that. Well, Jesse, thank you so much, man, just for unpacking email, telling us what you've been up to. And I just uh, strongly encourage you all to go check out branches on the web and on social and connect with Jesse because he's got a great team that will just really help you guys out. So thanks again. Thanks, Doug. I'd love to know how you're using email in your ministry. Join in the conversation and share your thoughts on the post for this podcast at ministrymarcom.com slash podcast. Also, while you're on the website, you can subscribe to the newsletter. Also subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts from. We'll talk again soon.